ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Good day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into First Take. Thank you for being with us. Crewed up, extra crewed up. Not only is it a Mad Dog Wednesday, in case you missed us yesterday, J.J. Redick is back, folks. That means it's officially NBA season. And Stephen A. on the West Coast, I told you this yesterday, I am honestly worried about you. You travel way too much. And not only that, I am very pleased that it's taken two years, but a little of my common sense yeah. and expertise has worn off on JJ. Really? Did you hear this little excerpt oh. from him yesterday? No. Should we play it? Why not? Listen up. Why can't we start anything on time in the NBA? Why can't we? Why can't we? I'm going to sound like an old person here, but if if it says 8 o'clock, I don't, want it, I don't want it to tip off at 8.42. All right? If, I've already told my kids... They can watch the first quarter. It's a Sunday night. Guess what? They've stayed up late like four straight nights because nothing starts on time in the NBA. And it's driving me crazy. And I work for a broadcast partner. Can we please just start things on time in the NBA? It's out of control. It's absolutely out of control. You are 1,000%. Thank you for finally joining the club where these games advertised at 8, start at 10 of 9, and I'm in bed with my pajamas, cookies, and a glass of milk before we get through the first half. So now you have learned. Don't forget the gummies. And the gummies, too. Yes, indeed. I didn't how know. I didn't know. The games really, how much later are we, they really The NBA stuck? hasn't started a game on time in 20 years. That's a disaster. In 20 years. And I, I broadcast games. Yeah. So are, I know. Are you a part of it, the A team now? On ESPN? Stop I'm just, wondering, I'm just wondering, who are your broadcast Stop. partners? Like Saturday night, ABC, Nick Celtics. ABC, looking forward to it. Yep. yep. Love it. Yep. Didn't know, didn't know my next opportunity to, to do what are you mad about, where I get to do what I'm mad about. So uh, I had, JJ. I just spout off a little bit there. Yes. JJ, first of all, I just want to say you look quite dapper. Uh, you do recognize what seat you're sitting in and what responsibility comes with that, right? So, you know, I'm saying you had a good day yesterday, but I just wanted to remind you, you're sitting in a different seat today, baby. So I hope you're ready, and I hope you're ready to handle your business. Wow. Okay. An honor and a privilege, always, oh, Stephen. Boy. Honor and a privilege. Listen to him. Wow. Honor half, and a privilege. Half, uh, half asleep wow. at 4 right. o'clock in the morning <laughs> dictating right. orders. Oh, right. my. Hey, 2 chains. Are, are you cool if we start the show now? I'm ready to roll. Okay. I didn't say a word until just now actually so actually you were the one who delayed the show but that's a different subject for another day that's right okay all right the nba is back tomorrow kevin durant and the Suns take on luca Kyrie, and the mavs in a west showdown katie's been prone to criticism is also not afraid to fire back in a chat with his manager and boardroom founder rich kleinman on the boardroom platform durant spoke about why he believes some in the media question his leadership kd talk to me I'm not as charismatic as my peers. I don't have a personality that's like fit for TV like my peers. And a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media. And that's just really what it is. It's like, you gotta sell what you're doing as well. And I haven't sold it enough, you know? And I feel like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I need to. I don't feel like I want people to call me a leader, but I also don't want people to say I'm not one either. 
KD, introspective there, a lot of self-awareness. The Boardroom's cover story starring Kevin Durant dropped yesterday on Boardroom.tv. All right, Stephen A., tell me this. Do you feel like KD hasn't been given the credit he deserves? No, I think he's been given exactly the credit that he deserves. I think that he's recognized as one of the greatest players that ever has played this game. Uh, just a professional scorer, one of the elite scorers. He's a two-time champion. He's a two-time NBA Finals MVP. He's universally respected and revered for his prowess on the basketball court. And that's exactly where it should stop. The fact of the matter is, is that Kevin Durant is a basketball savant. He is a brilliant basketball mind who does not spend enough time educating people on the game of basketball. He's usually whining about other people's positions as opposed to elaborating and educating the way he is fully capable of doing. That's the issue. You know, in the past, we can bring up the false account and all of that other stuff. I'm not getting into all of that. I love Kevin Durant, and I think that he's an even better person than he is a basketball player. But I've told him this to his face, and it's a problem with him. It's a problem with LeBron. It's a problem with a host of elite players. They're also elite basketball minds, and a lot of times they don't express it. They assume you don't know. They assume you don't have a capacity or a willingness to learn from what they're willing to educate you about as it pertains to their game and the way that they play it. And they don't speak enough on that. They will clap back at a comment or a tweet or something like that that somebody else has said. If a viral, if, if something goes viral and it ends up on social media or whatever, they'll clap back and they'll challenge you about what you said or whatever, but they don't do it in a fashion that they're willing to educate you about what you may not know. Instead, they're coming at you in a very cantankerous fashion half the time or a dismissive fashion because their attitude is you may not be worth their time. And that's really what is something that Kevin Durant has done on many occasions. And J.J. and Mad Dog, I'm not telling you anything that I haven't told Kevin Durant to his face from time to time. I said, well, what you know about the game of basketball, if you really, really spoke on it more often, you'd be amazed at the level of understanding people will inherently gather because they have no choice because you know what the hell you're talking about. The problem is most of the time you choose not to articulate that position. And as a result, you leave people to their own devices. Sometimes they may get it right. Sometimes they may get it wrong. But in the end, when it comes to you in terms of what you're recognized for being, a lot of times people don't say anything because you don't let them know. And a lot of other folks, a lot of your other contemporaries, don't let them know. Well, when I think of great leaders in basketball, I'm going to think of a guy like Magic Johnson, who ran the Lakers, who got Westhead fired, who brought in Riley, who put that team and won five championships. Listen, and if I'm going to follow Durant, I mean, I, to have his agent do the thing, I mean, you know, I, I can't pay attention to that. His agent's doing an interview with Durant. I mean, that's not exactly what I would call – that's not 60 minutes. That's not Mike Wallace. But hold up. Hold the up. agent. That, uh, come on. That that's might, not That might be where he's comfortable. Well, I mean, but being a leader is also being, you know, out there and talking to the press generally and getting your point across. To the agent? Well, I'm just you're saying – You're going to do you, something if, with the agent? If you want to be honest – and open and get your narrative out, I would maybe go on a friend's podcast as well. I'm just saying. Have the guts to go on somewhere where maybe they won't be as friendly as with the agent, you know, at the Biltmore with a fireplace going in the background. Biltmore is a great hotel. It is. You know it is. But that, look at JJ. That is getting, that's a little rough to take. But here's the problem with Durant, all right? He left Oklahoma City. 
he did not win, and he blew a 3-1 lead in that last year. Him and Westbrook had problems. Then he takes the easy way out to a lot of fans' thoughts by going to Golden State, who had already won a championship. He was a wonderful player with Golden State, don't get me wrong, and I love him as a player. I'm with Steve 100%. But he won the two titles in Golden State, and they already, already won one. Then he leaves there and follows Kyrie to the Nets in Brooklyn. Uh, that, you know, they had, he played great at times, but they didn't win. The Harden thing was a mess. Then he wanted Nash fired. Then he didn't want Nash fired. Then he wanted a trade. Then he didn't want a trade. Then he gets traded to Phoenix, and he gets smoked by Denver in the, first round, in the second round of the playoffs. And they're eight, nine games over 500 today. I mean, Durant needs to win a title here. Durant needs to win a title. That's first and foremost. But when I think of a leader on a basketball team, I just don't think that's his personality. He is not the guy I would think of, Durant. A lot to unpack there from both of you guys. Um, just so you know, Molly, yeah. I promised my wife I wouldn't yell today, but I may have Did to yell, yell at Stephen A. Uh, based on his comments. I'm going to address the question first. The question is, does he get the credit he deserves? I think as a basketball player, Stephen, I think you're right. I think he does get the credit he deserves, but there's always a but attached to it because of the decision. Um, you know, I, I talked about this in 2016, right after he chose to go to the Warriors, and I was a fan of that move, and I was on the Clippers and had to go compete against the Warriors. I knew our championship window was closed the second he signed that contract, but I was still a fan of the move because I believe players – they get, they get drafted, serve their rookie contract, play the five years. He gave nine years, nine great years to Oklahoma City. He had the right to pursue whatever was going to make him happy at the time, just like he had the right after the Warriors run to pursue whatever was going to make him happy at the time. We are athletes. We have a finite amount of time to enjoy this ride. I had no problem with it. I have no problem, actually, with any decision he's made. That's the issue, though, with the credit. Right, It was always going to be Steph Curry's team. Mad Dog brought it up. Can he win without Steph Curry? He needs to win. Does he need to win? I think that's a question for Kevin. Does he need to win for you? Does he need to win for you? For Does he need to win for the media? Okay, I'm just, I'm just asking. When you look at the Are credit you part of it, no, hold on, the, the, the credit part of it as a player, you know, I always say this, Steph Curry is one of the greatest players of all time. This is not me pitting Kevin Durant against Steph Curry. The reality is in the 17 finals, the 18 finals, Kevin Durant was the best player on the floor. He was the best player on the floor. There's a reason he won those finals MVPs. 35, 8, and 5 in 17, 56%, 47% from three, 29, 11, and 8 assists in 18, 53%, 41%. He was the best player. To me, he, he doesn't get the credit he deserves as a defensive player. These last few seasons, he's been phenomenal on that end. He doesn't get the credit he deserves because of his decision-making, which everyone wants to critique his decision-making. I don't necessarily think that's fair. I don't. And you can, you can have qualms here about his decision to team up with Kyrie and Brooklyn. Here's the reality. They were a James Harden injury, a Kyrie injury, and a toenail away, away from probably winning the 21 NBA Facts. That's the Facts. reality. And there's – look, NBA history is littered with what-ifs. Littered with what-ifs. On the leadership front, not everybody leads the same way. Are you, have you been in a locker room with Kevin Durant? I, here's what I know about Kevin Durant. I know that Kevin Durant leads by example. I know the way he approaches his craft. This is a guy that lives, breathes, eats, sleeps basketball. That's a form of leadership. Now I want to address Stephen A's point. Since when is it 
players' jobs to educate people on basketball. When did that become a thing? When did that become a thing? Isn't that our job? Isn't that our job? I'll answer. I'll I view that as my I'm, job. I'm, I'm, That's I'm, my job I'm, to educate I'm, people I'm on letting, basketball. I'm letting you speak, and no, then I, I'll I'm, answer. I, I'm, it's our job, Stephen A., to educate mm-hmm. people on basketball. It's okay. our job. And here's the reality. This is the okay. ecosystem we live in. I can do a okay. video on my podcast. I can do a video on my podcast where I break down the last nine games the Pelicans have used Zion Williamson as the primary ball handler and what type of actions that has led to. I looked it up this morning. 54,000 views on YouTube. But I want to call out a coach yesterday. Oh, that gets tens of millions of engagements. That's the ecosystem we live in. So do fans actually want to be educated or not? Mm-hmm. Do they? Mm-hmm. Okay, can I respond? Of course you can. It's your show. Thank you so much. First of all, <clears throat> a couple of things, because um, I'm glad you promised your wife that you wouldn't yell and that you broke your promise to her. So plan on going home and explaining the fact that you just violated, you know, what you promised your wife. So at, 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 at about 10 minutes into the show. So that's number one. But that's a personal problem. And I'm sure you'll handle it. Number two, when you talk about his job to educate, nobody said it was his job. But the fact of the matter is what you're what you're highlighting is something that indirectly, if not directly, you've lamented for quite a long time. And you're going to have to get over that, J.J. Just like Jay, just like Kevin Durant has the right to play. Let me finish. He has the right to play. And he also has the right to keep his thoughts to himself. And he has absolutely no obligation whatsoever to educate anybody because you're absolutely right. That's our job. Most folks in the media have been doing their job. And you bring up the question. You, you, you periodically ask questions like this. Have you been in the locker room with a player? Well, that depends on how you look at it, because you've interviewed players in locker rooms if you're me for decades. You've done that if you're Mike Wilbon. Mike Wilbon co-authored the book that that was that CP3 ultimately wrote. Okay, he went to a scribe in order to do that. Just because you didn't play and you didn't play on that level doesn't Stephen mean a. you don't. Stephen know. A. Don't don't so don't, the, cr- don't don't jump on that bridge. Don't jump on that bridge. Oh, you, you know, don't you know I, was not, I was not bringing it up. You don't need to tell me your track record. You I have told you a million. I'm not times. talking about my track record. Show. I, I I know. I'm not you talking are about a legend. That. You are a legend. Legendary journalist. Mike okay. Wilbon is a legendary journalist. That's not right. what I'm talking. I'm not talking what about I'm say- being in the locker room after a game. Well, what are you talking don't, don't, about? This is, this is, you don't want to brought talking it up. About I'm asking you what you're talking about. Day, the day-to-day work that is put in when the cameras are off. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah, about the sanctity the, but, of a locker room. But it doesn't room, matter. The sanctity of a practice. We don't have oh, wait, privilege wait a minute. to see inside that. We okay, don't. okay. Unless that's you're fine. on the team. That, 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 that's fine. But here's the reality. We do get to measure results then because we don't know. And the fact that, hold on, and then it is another thing, J.J. Reddick, most times folks ain't honest about it. They'll come at honesty later. But you're not going to give insight into what into the particulars that go on inside of a locker room. So somebody covering the team may not know this week. They might know next week. They might know the week after. And you know what you'll do then? Not you specifically. But you know what folks would do then? You're just looking for trouble. You're looking for the negativity. How much truth is there to that? You've seen God's plausible deniabilities. Mad Dog, how many times in your career have you seen one player after another, after another, deny, deny, deny? Critique, critique, critique. Insult, insult, insult. And then they retire and admit that the, the person was telling the truth all the damn long. 
That has happened on countless occasions. That is a Hall of Fame that you are a Hall of Famer that you are sitting across from right there in media, JJ, that has been covering media for 40 plus years. And he will tell you I am absolutely right. How many times do people sit up there and say, even when we do do our job just the same way you said we should, they will literally sit up there and engage in plausible deniability and deny your truth until they retire. And then they admit that they told the truth all along. So we see all of that stuff happening all the damn time. In the end, it is perfectly within within bounds to sit up there and look at Kevin Durant, recognize him as being an absolutely phenomenal future Hall of Famer, first ballot without question, two-time champion, two-time NBA Finals MVPs, one of the greatest players in the history of this game, and you can talk about different types of leadership, but we would argue that his type of leadership didn't necessarily lead to more success that he could have had. Does he owe it to anybody? No. But when you talk about the narrative, when you talk about how somebody is depicted, when you're talking about him in comparison to other bona fide leaders and what have you, Kevin Durant said it himself on a bottom ticker. You know what? In terms of him, I want people to call me a leader. It's not that I don't feel like I want people to call me a leader, but I also don't want them to say that I'm not one either. Well, which one is it? Yes, You don't want them to call your leader, but you don't want them to not call your leader. I don't know what to say about that. People have their preferences, and they're going to look and they're going to judge accordingly. The only thing you can definitively judge is what you see on the court. You can't judge anything else. Everything else is subject to perception, a perception that he has contributed to putting out there. It's a fact. I know know this year's been odd, but he's been exceptional on the court, and to JJ's point, there's different types of leaders. He had the self-awareness. He said, I don't really sell it like other people, maybe play the game, the whole media thing, and that's fine. That's him. And like JJ mentioned different ways to lead, leading by example, and, and sometimes that's far more potent. But where do you think he wasn't a leader where it affected him on the court? Are you talking about Brooklyn? Like, what's a specific example? Me, pers- of that? me, 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 me personally. The only thing that I would say, first of all, I didn't like the move to Golden State, but only because he's so phenomenal that I knew it dramatically shifted the balance of power. And thank you for coming on the air, J.J., and confirming what we all knew. When you sat up there and said the second he went to Golden State, y'all all knew it was over. That's what I'm saying. And so what, as, a, as a fan, we want competition. We want the great ones teaming up with one another as opposed to joining. That's just a preference. He doesn't owe it to us or anything like that. Wait, but that we knew thing? when he joined the Splash. Brothers, nobody had a chance. Hold on, isn't that the same thing? What you want the great ones teaming up with each other? No, no, no. I said you want the bait. I said you want the great ones competing with one another. He met. That's what I said. This is what I want to understand. When was Kevin Durant not a leader, and that affected the production of the team on the court? Like a concrete example of when that happened. And one other thing, Stephen A. When he says, "I want to be a leader, but not a leader," I think what he's saying is, "I am a leader, but it's a different way." So I don't want to be thought of a leader like these other guys with the charismatic personalities that play the media Uh, game uh, uh, in the way that he leads. That's where I think he's leaning towards. Okay, Molly, but you host the show, and you host the show, and there have been times where you've been deflective towards a Tom Brady as opposed to somebody else or, or, or Patrick Mahomes as opposed to somebody else as we as we cover and watch the sport and we see what works for certain people we might want their behavior to be mimicked because we may believe that that is an ingredient for success it doesn't mean that it's a crime for him to be otherwise we're just pointing to that that's number one but number two you can point to answer your question directly you can point to him in a relationship that ultimately diffracted to some degree in Oklahoma City 
between him and Russell Westbrook before he went to Golden State. You can go to Brooklyn thereafter and look at some of the things that was going on with Kyrie within the organization. I'm not talking about Kyrie being off the court for a potpourri of reasons, but some of the things that was transpiring, like, for example, when Steve Nash was coaching the team, but Kyrie Irving would take players after practice and bring them on the court, basically, to run his own offense and to, and to do what he wanted to do, which was much to the chagrin of people within the Brooklyn Nets organization. Now, that might not be an issue for me, might not be an issue for Doggy, might not be an issue for KD, but people look at that. What does that have to do with Kevin Durant? So Kevin Durant is guilty of being a bad leader by association? Nobody said, but I never said he was a bad leader. What I'm saying to you is this, when you ask the question, JJ, I'm saying to you. You still haven't actually addressed the question that I really want to get to the root of, which is when did it become the player's job to educate the players. So now our expectation all of a to sudden. To educate the players. players. No, 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 to educate the fans. What, so, so the I didn't expectation say it was now. That's literally how you started this no, entire No, I, I, that's you talk about how I said I'm saying it would be nice. He said In other he words, when you have perception that you're people. fighting off. I didn't realize that was his job. I didn't realize I didn't say that it was his job. job. So we expect I, him to go I out did not say it was his years, job. Average 25 and 25 I did not a game say it was his be job. Be the best mid-range score. I did be a not great say defender, it was his job. All of that Are stuff. you really do you really want do you really want to compete with me about creating narratives? You really want to do that because I did not do that. I did not say that. I'm asking you to answer my question. And I'm telling today. you, I we did. We can roll the tape back. No, you did not. Go ahead and roll it back. Okay. What I, did I, I say? We don't have the tape right now. We can get the tape, what you said earlier, and we can absolutely roll that a little later and react. Let's I did not it. say let's, it was his let's, job. Let's drop, let's drop the subject because we're not, we don't remember, you know, I don't, I don't have the transcript in front of me. So I, I want to be honest to everyone at home. We'll get that sound and we can, we'll replay it. You can ask the question again and Stephen A can react. Give me a moment that we can work on that. Mad Dog, I want you to jump in on that. Well, here's the thing I would say about Kevin Durant that to me separates him from what I would know, he's an all-time great, and I love to watch him play, too. I'm not talking about him on a court. I'm talking about him sort of being a leader of a team. He had a three games to one lead against Golden State, and they had an eight-point lead in four minutes to go in game six at home. They lost that series, and ten minutes later, he joined a team that beat him. That is ridiculous. You are, in my eyes as a sports fan, you are not living that down. Now, LeBron did the same thing, but at least LeBron went back to Cleveland to win a championship. He did not do that. Not only that, he followed Kyrie Irving with the Nets. And forget Nash. He, he let Irving fire Atkinson. Because they were on a team, and Irving told Marks, I don't, want to, I don't want this guy coaching me. And so Durant let Irving fire Atkinson, who's turned down a million jobs, who is now Kerr's number one assistant with the Warriors, who's a hell of a coach. And Irving got him fired, and Durant let that happen. That's not leadership. Irving, Durant said, hold on now, I'm better than you. We, I like the guy. He stays. Let's see what he can do. We, don't, we just don't fire him because you got a little – because you don't let Irving run your team when you're Kevin Durant. And Irving's been a disaster his whole career with these teams. So from that perspective, that is where I part ways with Durant being this quote-unquote great leader. Again, here is the bottom line as a sports fan. He had a three games to one lead, and they would have won the title. And he, they blew that series, and then 10 minutes later, he's in East Hampton, and he signs a contract with a team that just beat him that won 73 games. That's ridiculous. I can't take you seriously as this quote-unquote great leader. He had a right to leave, but not to that team.
go somewhere else. Well, it goes back to the original point that he made and that I made, which is that there's different forms of leadership. And and maybe he's not that type of leader. JJ, work with me. Work with me. Hold that thought. I got to get into commercial break. We can absolutely come back to it. We can get the sound. We can continue this discussion. Let me just get in a quick commercial break. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code FIRSTTAKE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll get $150 in bonus bets. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. For New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. For Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050. For Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. For Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. For Puerto Rico, call one 800 981 0023. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. The CFP board unanimously approved a 5 plus 7 format for a 12-team playoff. The move decreases the number of spots reserved for conference champions from 6 to 5, guaranteeing the five highest-ranked conference champions inclusion in the playoff. Here's a college football reporter, Heather Dinich, on where that leaves FBS independent Notre Dame with our Hannah Storm on SportsCenter. Notre Dame, which cannot win a conference title, might be the number one team in the country, Hannah, but they cannot finish any higher than fifth in the seeding. And those teams that finish fifth and below have to win four straight games to win the national title. The 12-team field will consist of the top five conference champions, followed by seven at-large teams. So the fourth-highest-ranked conference champions will receive a first-round bye, while the other eight teams will play in the first round with the higher seeds hosting the lower seeds. All right, did we get all that? I think we got it. On that note, it's great to be joined by our guy, the mouth of the South, the one and only Paul Feinbaum. Paul, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Paul, you might be the calm in the storm today, so I don't know what that says about how my Wednesday started, but but, but I'm here for all of it. It's first take, baby. Uh, Paul, tell me this. Are you a fan of the new CFP model? 
It's much better than it was, Molly, because we only had four, and it's also better than the proposal, which uh, had uh, a disproportionate number since we lost the Pac-12. But the big controversy is Notre Dame. You heard Heather a minute ago. What if Notre Dame was number one? Well, first of all, that's not going to happen. Marcus Freeman's a good coach, but they're not going to be number one. But if they were, it's their own fault. Notre Dame remains an independent. For what reason? I don't know. Remember when they lived off the ACC a couple of years ago during COVID? They joined the ACC for one season. And by the way, they got to the playoffs as a result. So in, in, in instead of joining the ACC, which they're a member in every sport, but I think hockey and football, they said, we're too good for you guys. We're going to go in alone, uh, even, though, even though our basketball and baseball and all those programs play. So whatever happens in Notre Dame is their own fault. This has to be unanimous. So you get all these people in the room and they have to get a, they have to do some horse trading. It's not perfect, but it's much better than it was. And as far as Notre Dame, cry me a river. Uh, I completely agree with you. Uh, I have no sympathy for Notre Dame. Uh, they think they're better than everybody. They, want, they don't want to split that NBC TV money. Let them deal with being, the, as you said, they're never going to be the one seed anyway. But if they ever are, they're going to have to play the extra game. That's tough on them. Uh, I have no issues with it whatsoever. You and I are in agreement. I like the idea that they have seven wild cards. It helps Washington State and Oregon State, the orphans of the Pac-12. It used to be 6-6. They voted for the 5-7 because that gives them the extra opportunity to get in. And I think the one interesting thing is, and I'll let Stevie A here right after I mention this, December 20th is going to be the first round, and that's going to be on campus sites. Now, remember, there's no students. On the, uh, they're all going home for Christmas. It'll be interesting to see if those first-round games, which could be rematches of SEC games in a regular season, if they have a lot of juice to them with fans and everything else because it actually could be this year, for instance, it would have been Penn State or Ohio State. We saw that game. Ohio State killed them. And it would Ole Miss and Georgia. We saw that game, and Georgia killed them. So you'll wonder if they get into that situation, if that could cause a problem. But the big issue, as Paul said, Notre Dame, no problem with it whatsoever. Stevie? You know, it's interesting. Nobody has said this, uh, so I will. Um, <clears throat> I'm listening to two renowned pundits and what have you, and uh, your reputation speak for yourselves. They precede y'all. Uh, this is the number one show in the morning, 12 years and counting, by the way. I'd just like to ask you both, a rhetor- all, albeit rhetorical, I'd just like to throw out this question. You talk about you have no sympathy for Notre Dame. Why are they even relevant? Can somebody answer that question for me? The, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in college football has not won a championship since 1988 when they won in the Fiesta Bowl. I think it was against West Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, if my math is correct, that's 36 years without a national championship. I know they went to a national championship game. I remember when Brian Kelly was coaching them and he took them to the national championship game against Alabama. What happened in that game, Paul? <laughs> what happened in that game? They got bum rushed so badly. Beat we, we don't. They, they, they got annihilated, okay? I, I mean, Brian Kelly was probably planning his exit from Notre Dame at that moment, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is an annihilation that took place. They have not won a national championship game since 1980. They have not won a national title since 1988. That is 36 years. 36 years ago, Dougie, I was graduating from high school, had an afro. Headline was two feet forward, okay? Are you ready for this, Dougie? You had just started with Mike Francesa 
on, on, on the fan in New York City. That's how long ago that was. That last time, these brothers was relevant. And everybody walk around like Notre Dame, don't get me wrong, I root for the brother coaching them now. I'm not rooting against them. The Fighting Irish is the Fighting Irish. I've been there. I, 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 it's a prestigious university. I get it. The Golics of the world and everybody love themselves from Notre Dame, and they should. Please don't get me wrong. But what the hell have they done? We're on national television. Georgia just missed out on the playoffs, and they were the reigning two-time defending national champions. We mentioned Notre Dame more than them. LSU got Brian Kelly. The man came from Notre Dame to LSU, okay? All right, LSU, they won national titles in recent memories. We saw what Joe Burrow, all right, and, and, and Jamar Chase and them brothers did, okay? But we still mentioned Notre Dame more than that, even though that was before Brian Kelly got there. Everywhere you look. We're talking Notre Dame. You got them on national television. Has anybody questioned NBC as to why you gave them this television deal? What have they done? What have they done? I'm still waiting. I thought we were about, don't get me wrong, I understand you win more than you lose, and I get all of that in a winning record, but that's when we talk about the elite, the creme de la creme, of college football, we talked Nick Saban. We talked Kirby Smart. We talked about Dabo when he had Deshaun Watson and lost in the national championship game and came back and won a national championship. Okay, we talk about that. We talk about Trevor Lawrence going up against LSU in a national championship game. We talked about a lot of things. But for some reason, Notre Dame, who hasn't won squat, manages to infiltrate the conversations. I need an explanation. Why? Why? Paul, that's an easy one. Why don't you start? Go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, think about this, Stephen A. The Dallas Cowboys have won a championship since Notre Dame. And that, but the, and there's a correlation between those two because we, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm watching TV this morning right before you, and they're obsessing about the Cowboys because it, it, it is an obsession, and it's, it's an immediate obsession because I, you can walk down the streets in New York, you can walk down the streets in L.A., Chicago, and really Notre Dame is not a big deal anymore because they have fallen so far. But there are still people in the media, and, and, and I blame NBC. Uh, you're right, Stephen. I mean, I, I, I don't you know, plan my Saturdays around watching Notre Dame and Purdue or, or Notre Dame and Air Force. I, I think about Georgia. I think about Alabama. I think about Southern Cal, Ohio State. Uh, but it, it's the media's fault. Walk down the hallway wherever you are, and I think that's where the answer is because somebody in the media, somebody that wears those silk suits and, and the fancy ties still think Notre Dame is relevant. Well, I think there's a couple things. First off, they have the best history of any university in, in, in college. Newt Rockney, win one for the Gipper. I mean, the Golden Dome, touchdown Jesus, Joe Montana. I mean, that does carry a little weight. That's number one. Number two, I mean, they get great TV ratings. I mean, ESPN, when they're playing at Duke, they can't wait to put them on at 7.30 at night as the headline game. So when the other networks besides NBC get a chance to televise Notre Dame on the road, they run and televise them. I mean, the Clemson game, McDonough this year with McElroy was at Clemson. Clemson had a bad year. Notre Dame, Duke, Herb Street, and Fowler 
were at Notre Dame and Duke. So, I mean, they have a cachet that is hard to replace. And remember, listen, I don't like them either. I- I'm with you 100%. I- I- to me, they think they're better than everybody. Well, you guys be crazy. And I had a daughter who went there. But Notre Dame represents <laughs> to a lot of Roman Catholics – Notre Dame on Saturday afternoons, Notre Dame football, that's who they want to want to watch. Listen. Subway, listen. Subway alumni all over America, well, and well, that carries a lot of weight. Well, let me say this. Let me say this. The matriarch of television, of sports television, the one and only Hannah Storm, has religiously reminded me about the huge fan base, the international fan base, and, of course, they bring ratings, and I get that. Are we sure those ratings are better than Alabama? We sure They're not. They're not. No. They're not. I don't know if they were better than Georgia over the last few years. I don't no. know if they were better than Ohio State no. or Michigan over the last few years. I understand they get ratings, but are we not? There is no question because it sickens me to acknowledge it. But there is no question that that is the case with the Dallas Cowboys by a mile. That's not the case with Notre Dame. Okay, I know they get ratings, but they ain't number one. I mean, did all I'm saying is, I mean, damn, since 1988, how many times have the rules changed over the last, since 1988? I mean, damn, they've, they've, they've modified it in such a way you would think they would have found a way to win something. I don't hate on Notre Dame. I'm not here to castigate them or anything. I'm just saying, why is this, who are these people? We got a 12-team playoff coming up, the 5 plus 7 model, and the number one story that peels from that is a team that ain't won since right. I graduated from high school. Franchise. That's it's the number story. one team that we going to talk about when we talk about the playoffs. Something wrong with this picture. Something wrong with this picture. We got to start. And then you, of all people, doggy, you think you're slick. That was just an excuse for you to bring up Newt Rockney. That's all you wanted to do, okay? That's all you want to do. Let me bring the, <laughs> let me let the world know about that. But you know as well as I do, when you're doing radio, how often have you talked about Notre Dame? You know good and damn well you ain't have much to say about Notre Dame in recent memory. Mouth of the South, Paul Farmer, I know you did it because they ain't going to let you do that down there yeah. because they know how irrelevant they are compared to the big yeah. picture. I mean, come on. They lost come a lot on. of luster, but it's still a brand. I mean, it's got to stop. It's got to Win something. Win something. Win something. Just say a small prayer for me. It's only 1042. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. 
based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. That's it, come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. All right, quick takes. Uh, Doug, your reaction to what Anthony Rendon had to say? I mean, you got to be kidding. Uh, Anthony, really? This is the, They paid you $258 million. You've barely played for the Angels. You've been a huge disappointment. And the first day at spring training, you basically tell us, oh, you know what, I got nothing else to do. They pay me a fortune, so I'll show up and play. And that's basically the attitude. I mean, I mean, we all know family and we all know religion, if that's the case. Everybody knows that it comes first for Molly, it comes first for me, it sure comes does. first for Stephen A. Everybody knows that. It doesn't have to be said. What comes first? First take or Mrs. Russo? Well, uh, no, first, uh, Mrs. Russo. Mrs. Russo. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Russo comes first. Freudian slip. Yeah, I'm go. kidding. I'm kidding. But the bottom line is, if you're Rendon, who has done nothing in this contract, and they're paying him 45 whatever it is, $40 million a year, and the team is been a disaster. This is what you say the first day of camp. How about if Rendon shows up first day of camp and says, hey, you know what? I have not lived up to it. I've had a lot of injuries. It's about time I go out there and I help this team win. I'm looking forward to it. New season, something different. No pressure on us. Otani's out. Let's play baseball. That's what you should have said. Not come in and say, well, you know what? I got nothing better to do. They're paying me a fortune, so all right, it's a job. I'll play. That's ridiculous. He killed himself with that. Uh, are, are we going? Are we going to Trout from this, or should I bring it up now? Because I yeah, want to. Yeah, I was. I was going to. All right, we'll go to Stephen Trout a. next. Trout's, yeah, we'll, Trout's all we'll in. To, okay. We'll go to Trout next. Here's what I would say to you about Rendon. Well, that explains why you haven't been doing so well. You know, you you the worst thing you could do. The 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 key thing that needs to be brought out about what he just said is the word selfish. Because if you're any owner any executive of a team and you hear what he said you're frowning you're utterly disgusted you're because you're oblivious or indifferent to what the paying public is seeing with what you said and most importantly you're looking at others who you hang around with who you talk to what kind of attitude do they have because I can assure you he can say whatever he wants he did not walk into a negotiating room saying that. And see, that's the key. Good you point. know what I'm saying? You didn't, yep. you didn't walk into a negotiating room saying, look, I want $245 million, but please understand, baseball is not going to be the priority. I mean, I'm here. It's a job. That's all it is to me. Okay? Just, just, just know that. I want the $245 million, but that's how I feel. No, you didn't. You gave the impression this was everything to you. That's how you got the money. And people need to know this, Molly and Doggy. You don't just get paid for what you've done. You don't just get paid on what you're projected to do. One of the top reasons you get paid is because you've proven you're trustworthy. That they know that whatever it is that you give, you're gonna go all out continuously through the duration to continue to deliver. That's how you get paid. Nobody gets paid showing up in somebody's faces with the bag saying, you can't trust me because it's not a priority. Yeah. And they get paid. Nobody gets paid like that. And Stephen A., you're absolutely right. And you know who's all in on this, Mike Trout. Let's get into it, as you mentioned him. So the star duo that ran the Angels for years is no more. With Shohei Otani heading to the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Angels left shorthanded. The good news is they still have Mike Trout, who seems adamant to finish his career with this franchise. He recently opened up about Otani leaving in his future. Take a listen. 
the easy way out is just ask for a trade. Um, you know, there might be a time, maybe, uh, I've, I really haven't thought about this, but, uh, you know, when I signed that contract, I, I'm loyal, you know, I want to win the championship here. And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's mainly, I think the, the, the overall picture of winning a championship or getting to the playoffs here is bigger satisfaction, bailing out and just taking the easy way out. Wow, now that's a national treasure right there. Uh, uh, do you like his loyalty to Absolutely. The I love it. What a job by Trout. He's been there a lot longer than Otani has been. He's been a great angel, and he says, you know what? I want to be part of the solution. I don't want to be bailing here when we're having trouble. Stevie, I love it. Good for him. I know you're down on it. I know they haven't won, but here's Trout telling everybody, I am an angel. Let's go. I'm all for it. Great for him. I don't believe him. I believe he said that, doggy, because have you been to Anaheim? Yes, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, the stadium is beautiful. The city is beautiful. The weather is phenomenal. I mean, my God. Did that's he what he talked about. He don't want to leave. He don't want to leave. And I don't blame him. But damn it, that's the reason. It can't be the team. It can't be the team. Eight straight losing seasons, and you want to stay there? Um, doggy, just some numbers to throw out because I know we got to go because we're running out of time. Eight straight losing seasons, okay? He's a three-time league MVP, okay? He is one of 12 players in Major League Baseball history with a 300 career batting average, a 400 on-pace percentage, and 350 more or more home runs. Only him and Ted Williams. And by the way, and they're the only ones who've never won a postseason series, doggy. And get this, Ted Williams has an excuse because the only postseason round back in his day was the World Series. Didn't think I knew that, did you? But it did. So in other words, this is Mike Trout that we're talking about here, okay? This is where he wants to stay. Oh, by the way, doggy, He's only played in one single playoff series in 13 years. And that was the 2014 ALDS, uh, which, by the way, they were swept. And by the way, him, as in Mike Trout and the Angels, they're, only, they're, they're, they're the only one of 30 teams without a single win in a playoff game since 2011. Of all the teams in Major League Baseball, they're the only ones that ain't won. And that's where you want to stay? That ain't about no damn team. That's about that weather. That's about that sunshine. That's about that quality of life. There's no crime in it. But you ain't going to sell me that somebody as great as Mike Trout who can be that special, okay, if when he is healthy, wants to stay in that purgatory. The angels are horrible. They should be ashamed of themselves to have a trout, to have an Otani at the time and can't do a damn thing. They are pathetic and they need to look at themselves in the mirror. Get out of here with this. He just want to stay in Anaheim and I know because I'm in LA right. and I wish I, I was in work. Anaheim. 30 seconds. Well, first off, right Williams up. lost a game seven of the Cardinals in 46. He had a bad World elbow series. bottom of the top of the eighth. World series. Terrible World loss. Uh, yeah. That was a bad one. Uh, listen, Trout could go someplace if it's about weather, Steve. Yeah, but San Diego, Arizona, the Dodgers. What, this is the only place in America where there's a baseball team and there's decent weather? Well, they so had how locked is that up. the answer? That it's, it's that's technically a small market. He can go to Texas. He can go to Houston. There's a million places he can go if it's about weather. I got to go. It ain't, it ain't because of the team. Right, it ain't because of the organization. That's all I'm saying. We got to go. You're going to like this, Stephen A.